Welcome to the Automation Unplugged podcast, the podcast for technology professionals featuring leading industry personalities. I'm your host, Ron Callis. Today's show features Steve Burke, CEO of Texadia Systems. Steve Burke is an entrepreneur dedicated to providing a high level of service to both the residential and commercial AV integration space. Steve has learned and grown throughout his 20 plus year career in the integration industry, including managing a large commercial integration firm prior to founding Texadia Systems in 2013. Texadia Systems was established to serve both the residential and commercial AV markets with a focus on excellence and client satisfaction. Today, Texadia Systems has grown to over a 10 million plus in annual revenue and has been recognized in Inc. 500 and CE Pro as one of the fastest growing AV integration firms in the US. We live streamed this interview on social media on Wednesday, July 28th, 2021 at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. During our time together, we discussed the importance of taking care of your team and work-life culture, Steve's strategies for growth mindset, why Texadia serves both the commercial and residential markets, and Texadia's unique solution to the human resource limitations affecting the industry. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do as well. Let's tune into the interview with Steve Burke. Steve, second time's a charm. Ron, I am, I'm just so glad that neither one of us are very important that, that this isn't that big a deal. But if this was an earnings call, we might be in trouble. We might. Uh, that is so true. But uh, you know what? We already have some of our audience tuning back in. We had some folks that were tuned in a few minutes ago, and then we dropped the feed. But uh, I see them already starting to tune back in. So thank you, folks out there watching live. Uh, and if you're listening on podcast, you don't know what we're talking about because this is the first time you're hearing us. So uh, that is okay. Steve, let's give the foundation here. Give uh, our audience a little bit of an understanding. What, uh, what is Texadia? Who is Texadia? And what's your role within the company? Yeah, uh, first of all, Ron, thank you very much for having me. It's an honor to uh, be on here. I've been listening and watching the podcast and uh, always get something out of it, listening to other entrepreneurs and, and other folks uh, talk about how they uh, do things and the opportunities and the challenges they see. So thanks for having me. Uh, a little bit about Texadia. Um, we are a design build audio visual integration firm um, and I'm so glad that you said Resi-Mercial because I'm not Resi-Mercial. Um, I am a commercial integrator that does residential. And I'm one of the few um, that my core competency uh, is design-build on both sides. And so I'm comfortable in the space, uh, in both spaces. Um, I built the business based on that model. And I've had success with both of those industries. So. Um, you know, there's a lot of things. We could talk about that for three or four hours. Um, but um, Texadia itself uh, was started in 2013. Uh, I ran another integration company for 10 years. 
you know, was thankful for that opportunity, but uh, had the entrepreneurial spirit. And, uh, you know, that I, company I, you ran, Steve, was that a, a, a residential uh, operation, a commercial operation? So it was, Just it was maybe a, some perspective there. Yeah, great question. So it was a commercial group. And we had started a residential uh, uh, group within the organization, and they uh, had failed, and I was having success uh, in Dallas, and I wanted to keep it going, um, and they did not. And so we uh, parted ways, but um, you know, I knew the opportunity was there. This was coming out of 2000, you know, just post 2008. Um, you could just start to see the change uh, in the landscape and the houses being built. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think uh, I forecasted everything that happened or I would have got into the home building business. Uh, but um, I did think uh, that there was a, a place for technology within homes and personally was very interested in it um, and still am today. Got it. So you, in 2013, started Texadia. Now that name obviously is uh, uh, making reference to the state of Texas. Are, are you yeah. a Texas born and bred uh, individual or, or that you're definitely I, demonstrating your Texas pride there? I am not, Ron. I am a, uh, I was born in Montreal, Canada. And uh, I had a, a buddy of mine, so uh, he used to call me a Texadian which I then transferred into the name of my fantasy football team. And I had written my business plan. I had everything ready to go for my new company and I couldn't come up with a name and, uh, you know, try had about 40, 50 things written down. And I just wrote down Texadia and I said, you know what, I've got to pull the trigger and I'm going for it. And uh, here we are. So, uh, you know, you might get Texadia, uh, we get Texadelphia, uh, we've gotten Texadia, but we are Texadia, so. Got it. Now, I know, uh, and I, 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 I know the answer to this because I asked you just before we went live, but I, I think it's fun for the audience. If, if a lot of our listeners think about when they uh, started their business, if they're an owner-operator, um, a lot of businesses have a slow and steady growth model where, you know, if they hit, you know, I'm making up some numbers here and it obviously it would scale differently if it's residential or commercial, but maybe in year one, you know, half a million dollars in revenue would be fantastic. And year two, we break a million dollars. You were on the cover and this was my memory. I remember looking at one of our industry mags and I, I think it was CE Pro, correct? Yeah. It was CE Pro, and I remember this company, Texadia, and they're doing millions of dollars. And so maybe you could tell your ramp from launch to growth. What did that look like? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I was fortunate. Uh, you know, I had a non-compete agreement that I honored, so I had a year to prepare. Um, and you know, I was fortunate that a lot of the team members that I had built in Dallas came to work for me, and. And we hit the ground running. So I think we did 2.8 uh, our first year. Uh, we made a small acquisition on the residential side. Uh, and I think by year two, we had done 5.4, and then we went to 6.2 year three. So wow. uh, rapid growth. 
Um, but I had a tremendous amount of uh, experience with me and, you know, people who know me, uh, I don't think anybody's ever going to tell you I'm the sharpest guy in the world, but I, I think my strength is surrounding myself with incredibly smart people. Um, mm. And so uh, I really focus on that part uh, of the business. I know what I'm good at and that's finding business. Um, and then I need people who are smarter than me that can go out there and make it work. So, you know, that's, that's how we built Texadia. It was, uh, wasn't me. It was uh, a collection of people who uh, worked really hard and, and uh, did great work. You guys came out of the, out of the gate firing on all cylinders and, and growing rapidly and what the, we in the world, you know, yourself included and, and myself and all those listening, we've been through, uh, in some occasions, hell and back the last 24 months. How has that been for Texadia? Um, let me take a deep breath. <laughs> um, I answer that question is, my first answer to that question is we're still here. Amen. And uh, the second part of that question is, uh, is that... We are uh, stronger, we're smarter, um, I think we're tougher. And, uh, you know, we talked about it earlier, uh, all the things you learn from failure, um, you know, it was rough. Uh, you know, we were fortunate with the PPP, um, but, you know, the residential business has been booming, right? Um, my commercial uh, is just now starting to open up and, you know, I expect uh, Q4 and 2022 to be huge years for us. Um, just a ton of projects that we see coming up on the horizon. So, um, you know, it was, it was painful. And I think it was painful for a lot of people. I had just made a huge investment uh, in my office, you know, took on 15,000 square feet, was forecasting 20 to 25% growth. And, and, uh, you know, we were just trying to sustain. Uh, we're very fortunate in that we've got some very uh, big relationships, uh, strong relationships with uh, billion dollar organizations. And so, um, you know, we're really good once we get in with a customer of keeping them. Um, and so we uh, do a good job of that. And that really helped bring us through. And then uh, residentially, um, you know, it was uh, nuts, right? Just uh, trying to keep up with that. So, you know, we've been real fortunate and uh, we're excited about what's, uh, what, what's coming up. Is Resi still nuts? I mean, do you primarily do work in the Dallas, Mark, Dallas, Fort Worth market, or do you travel around Texas or outside of Texas? So, um, you know, I use this Great company, uh, One Firefly. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but I've uh, heard of them. But uh, yeah, no, you can anyway, tell me more. They actually generated a lead for me in Austin, a uh, really nice one. But uh, you know, I, I decided we weren't going to go do it. So residentially, uh, we're going to stay, you know, within a uh, couple hundred miles. Well, Austin's 180, but really 100 miles. Um, and I did send that lead to uh, the person that was on your show last week, Mr. Pearson. So I hope he uh, gets some success with that. But No way. That's crazy. Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Um, but uh, commercially, I'm doing work all over the country. 
Um, and so with the relationships that we've built, um, you know, they know our teams, we know their processes, um, and we get asked to travel. So we're wrapping up a project in Tempe. Um, you know, we'll be heading down to Houston uh, in a couple weeks, um, and there's plenty of work to do here in Dallas. So uh, it's an interesting time for us. What when you said commercial starting to open up? What type of projects are opening up? And I, I know people listening are in different parts of North America and they're in different parts of the world, so their experience may not be matching yours. Yeah. But what what are you seeing change? So you know, one, we're fortunate that we are in the great state of Texas, and and uh, you know, it's a very friendly uh, working state. Uh, people who were looking at uh, making commercial real estate moves, you know, uh, first quarter of, of 2020, you know, it just, the, the pause button was hit. And mm -hmm. so now, um, you know, if, if, if you're, if you think the world's going to go back, uh, to some sense of normalcy, um, and you're, a you know, a big company, are you really going to, you know, train a, a millennial over video conferencing, uh, while they're at home? Um, the answer is no. You, you, you might have a hybrid, but you need to have space. And so they're starting to look at opening up space. Um, my personal belief is, is they're going to get more space um, and maybe open up cubicles a little bit and have more room so that we're not, people aren't jammed on top of each other, which was, uh, you know, the old model. But, you know, if you're a culture person, and uh, you want to build a culture, um, you got to be with people. And, uh, you know, I know I sell video conferencing systems for a living. I know how effective they are. I know how great they are uh, for having one-off meetings and, and being able to talk to people or being able to do stuff remotely. It's, it's incredible and it's great, uh, but it doesn't be being able to walk out of your door, go down to the engineering department and say, hey, guys, uh, you have a few minutes for me to go over this project. So um, that is opening up. Um, and, and so, you know, when somebody relocates uh, their office and they move from 25,000 square feet to 50,000 square feet, that's structured cabling, cabling that's uh, security, access control, and that's you know, 15 to 20 huddle rooms, conference rooms, boardrooms, training rooms, et cetera. So that is opening up again. And then you can add in hotels, uh, which is going to be ramping up. Uh, you know, you talked about Infocom and Cedia. Um, you know, people want to get back to interacting with human beings. I know I do. Uh, I know you do. Um, and uh, I think the rest of the world does too. I completely agree. I, I'm I'm praying and hoping that uh, the Delta doesn't go too bananas and and take us off course this fall. Um, but so I'm just I'm putting that out there. That, I'm with you, hundred uh, percent. It's 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 getting a little wonky out there, but uh, you know, for now we're staying the course. Absolutely, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you and your team and and our our other friends and folks around the industry here real soon. Um, you mentioned culture and there's this, uh, and you made even a comment that culture is easier to build when you're face-to-face. -face. And um, what do you see? What is the culture at Texadia? Like how, how, what was it before the 
the pandemic? And what is it? Is it different now? Is there anything that's changed? And maybe just talk to us about that. I, I, I don't want to say uh, things changed. I would say that um, for me, it's become even more important. Um, you know, you look at uh, just the ability to get resources uh, for all of us is very difficult. And so, um, you know, I, I just think it's important to let people know that you care, um, show that you care, and then set an expectation as an organization that, uh, you know, you want to be the best, right? And, and for us, we call it the bar, but be the bar, right? And, uh, you know, one of our techs, uh, JD, yesterday, a uh, client went out of their way, wrote a, an incredibly nice note um, to us with just thanking us for one, his efforts and how much she enjoyed working with our company. And that to me is what it's all about. Um, JD, uh, you know, just demonstrated, you know, his passion and uh, his commitment to being excellent. And uh, that's what we're trying to get everybody in the organization to uh, focus on. Any ideas or maybe thing, ideas or practices that you'd be willing to share with those listening around how uh, to get your team aligned around that? You said we, we strive for excellence or we, we call it the bar. Any maybe methods, meeting practices or uh, ongoing activities from you down through leadership, down through the company or inversely that you think lead to a company having better alignment around what I'll call the mission and um, the core values? Yeah, Anything? and, and uh, you know, I think it's the hardest part because there's so many assumptions made that the message is getting put out there and that everybody gets it and is doing it. And I'm guilty of that. Uh, I'm guilty of that with my sales folks. I'm guilty of that with my operations folks. And so. Um, you know, one of the things we strive from the leadership is to set one-on-one -on -one meetings and just have a talk, right? What's working? What's not? Um, how are the people doing below you? Are they, uh, you know, worn out? Are they burned out? Are they excited? Um, and we're able to address issues that way and then kind of reaffirm, you know, what our core values are. Um, and then get back on track, right? And um, it's so easy, you know, whether you have a personal issue, um, you have a bad day, um, everybody, every, every one of us has had that. And, um, you know, you got to pick yourself up. Um, but when you show up to work, you know, we want to get, we want your A game, right? And, you know, going back to the sports analogy we discussed earlier, um, we're a team. and. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about we, right? And so how do we work together? How can I help you be successful? How can I put you in a safe environment where you want to perform and do your best? And, um, you know, we're not perfect at it by any means, but it's what we strive for from a leadership uh, standpoint. And I really feel that the people... Uh, that are driving that do a really good job for us. I've heard you say once or twice with me and 
in, in our various meetings. And you said the the statement that, you know, Ron, what is it? Uh, second place is first loser. Yeah. And, and by the way, I, I've been known to say that once or twice as well. My son is 12 and he's been known to say that once or twice. And but all jokes aside, you made a really profound argument as to why it has to be that way. And it, you made it about jobs. Do you want to maybe expound on that? Like yeah. there's a proposal on the street. Absolutely. You know, we're uh, we could do uh, we could go bid on 50 projects and come in second place on every one of them. And then we have no revenue coming in. Um, you know, I, I'm not able to provide benefits for my uh, people. Um, I have to let people go. I'm not able to compensate people the way I want to compensate them. And I'm not able to have this deliverable that I want to be uh, exceptional. And so um, you got to wake up every day uh, and come in with an, a mindset that you're going to do your absolute best to win. You may not win, right? But you've got to have the mindset that you want to compete and that it's real world. And, and we've got some really, really strong competitors out in our marketplace in Dallas. I mean, it's incredibly competitive. What do you do to differentiate? What's your follow-up? How long does it take you to reply to people? Um, all these little things that go through a sales process um, and a deliverable process that can make people say, man, that was a great experience working with Texadia and I can't wait to tell my friends. Uh, or go shout it out on the internet. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And uh, I, I love. Uh, I, I think it was ingrained in me even as a child. And my dad would joke with me and and in a loving way. But you know, I get second place, and he's like, "Ron, you realize second place is first loser." So my dad was not of the generation that everyone gets a participation award. That is right. not in in his DNA. That's not what he grew up, and and that was ingrained in me as well. And so, uh, you know, and, and many that know me well, I'm a very competitive person. I love competition. I love the sport yeah. of competition. But that's what it's all about, right? And, and that's what we're here to do every day. And, um, you know, I, I can tell you from an early age, uh, I never like to lose. And even through my, uh, you know, development as a salesperson, um, like I would be in a bad mood for a couple of days after a loss. And, you know, uh, I see it with my salespeople and they get upset and I'm like, uh, go take the day off, um, go have a couple of beers, go do whatever it is, and then let it go. Yep. Right? Because uh, yesterday's gone and uh, we got to get focused on people who want to work with us and uh, on how we can generate revenue with somebody else. So, um you know, I wish we were at 100% on our uh, close rate, um, but that's not reality. And, uh, you know, so going back to your mindset, um, you got to be competitive. You got to want to win. You got to want to put in the work um, and you're going to see results. I mean, it's that's what it's all about. And, and it's it's a just a true sports metaphor, no matter which way you look at it. Uh, I mentioned it last week when I, I interviewed our friend down in Austin, uh, Chris. Uh, in his amazing company. So anyone should uh, tune in to show 179. I want to say I mentioned it there, but now you're making me think of mentioning it again. And that is, I just finished uh, the book called Winning. Um, 
uh, goodness, I'm, I'm going to flip to my phone here because I'm going to mess up his last name and I don't want to do that by Tim Grover. So Tim Grover winning. Steve, have you read that book? I haven't, but uh, it's going to be next on my uh, list. It's, it's fantastic. He was uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant's uh, trainer. And he just got into the psychology and across the sports world and business world of the most elite performers on planet Earth. And he's been their coach and trainer and just some really neat, profound takeaways. So you would, I, I'm sure would love it. I don't, you don't need it, but you probably would relate to a lot of the messages that are well, being delivered. But Ron, you know, that's the whole thing, right? With development and, you know, you think you know everything or you forget, I forget 90% of the things that I, I look at are, and so, you know, you got to constantly be trying to improve your game, right? And uh, whether it's a book, uh, a podcast, um, you know, I get a lot out of just listening to the folks on your show because I relate to them uh, really well. And, you know, it's interesting uh, because we all face the same challenges. We might handle them differently, but um, at the end of the day, we're all competing. Yeah. Now I, I appreciate that. And and I, I do this show for you and for your peers in the industry. And I gain, a, I obviously love doing it and I love learning. And I similarly consume content um, in a similar format, but for marketing agency owners and for entrepreneurs, like I can't get enough of this other perspectives because we're all we're not all recreating the wheel. A lot of the problems, people problems, HR problems, sales problems, marketing problems, operations problems, finance problems, scaling problems, economic problems, micro economy, macro economy, we're all in the same battle. Yeah. And so there's just so much we can learn from each other. And, uh, and so let's on that theme of learning. Yeah. And by the way, I'm, I'm acknowledging, I'm getting lots of comments over here. Let me give... Uh, Mario is shout. He says, yes, Montreal. Thank you, Mario. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we have our, our longtime listener, Tomas, tuning in from Panama. Thank you, sir. And, uh, and thank you for everyone else. I have uh, uh, Maggie and Wes and Angel. They're, they've tuned in. So thanks, folks. Um, you, uh, I'm going to go back in time again, only because I, it's occasionally comes up in industry talk. And I know that you and I have both gone through this and there might be a lesson or two learned here that would be beneficial. You did an acquisition early at the inception of your business. And uh, in that process, we don't have to get into anything that's, that's not appropriate, but what went well in that process and what are some lessons learned in that process that others might benefit from? Yeah. Um, what went well was, uh, you know, we had, uh, you know, two Two guys that work for me that uh, were really good revenue generators, uh, you know, aggressive, young, um, hungry. Um, and what went wrong from my perspective was uh, I didn't put a, a, an operating agreement in place. Mm. And, uh, you know, at, at some point, you know, with a multi-million dollar pipeline, they said, hey, we're going to go do it on our own. And I was left with no recourse. And so let's slow down there. Let's pull yeah. on that thread. You didn't put an operating agreement. So now knowing what you know, what is an operating agreement? And if it had been done, quote, air quotes here, people, properly, what would you have done? Yeah. So an operating agreement is uh, really just kind of the rules of engagement for the purchase and uh, the departure, 
right? Um, you, you're putting in all the potential things that you can think of that may happen. Um, and uh, you may miss some, but if the more you have in there, uh, the clearer it will be when you uh, choose to part ways, right? And so um, it's really a legal document that outlines that and gives you the ability to hold the other uh, party accountable if they don't follow that process, which happens quite often. So in the concept of doing uh, buying or selling a business, I've heard many people complain that lawyers are expensive and that all the time and difficult questions, it's hard to schedule and make the time to do all of that. What's your strong argument as to that doesn't matter, you still need to do it? I would say that It'll be the best money you ever spend. Um, you know, there's so many different things uh, that can happen from an acquisition standpoint. Um, stuff you can't even think about. Um, and it may, you don't know when it's going to happen. Um, and so to have a tight operating agreement that says, hey, this is the rules. Um, whoever wants to end the relationship, um, you know, it, it's, is it worth 50 grand? and you're buying a $2 million business, uh, it's worth a hundred grand. Um, it's worth 150. Um, and so- Don't tell too many lawyers, Steve, they might hear you and, and yeah, start raising their prices. You know, but it goes back to, uh, you know, how much time are you gonna waste, uh, you know, chasing this, or what do you, what do you have the, the possibility of losing, right? And so um, it's just really important um, and I would encourage anybody that goes through that um, uh, an acquisition to you know find a good lawyer and, and vet them and and uh, make sure that it's somebody that is going to take care of you. No, I I completely agree. I think that's sound advice. And Paul is here on our Paul is uh, tuned in. He's from Vital Management, and I know they're doing lots of coaching and grooming of businesses and and lots of what might become future acquisitions. So. Um, I think that is uh, very sound advice, Steve. Now, in terms of uh, back to the idea of lessons learned, uh, are there any particular books or podcasts or blogs or any coaches or are there things that you tune into, Steve, that are top of mind for you in terms of uh, sources of content or education and or that you find yourself when you're networking, say, with your friends at HTSA or at Infocom that you pass on to them and say, hey, this thing was really helpful? Uh, I don't really, you know, I don't have anybody that I can just say, hey, you know, uh, Ron Callis is the, the guy I follow and that's where I get all my stuff from. But, you know, LinkedIn is a great source um, of, you know, different information and different perspectives. Um you know, I also, uh, you know, just from a podcast perspective, how I built this is one um, that, you know, I love. I don't know if you ever listen to the one about. I, I, I love the how, how I built this podcast. Yeah, I'm a big, big listener, you know, big fan of that show. But when you hear about, you know, the, the, the couple that built Cisco Systems and, you know, sold it for nothing and, you know, but they're both happy and, and you know, it's just, it's it's very interesting, right? So. Um, I kind of like, I get inspiration from those kind of people, um, as well as just kind of interacting with them when I go to, you know, I'll be uh, coming into Indianapolis for HTSA. 
Uh, there's a bunch of entrepreneurs there that you get to spend time with and listen to and learn from. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, very uh, interested person in other people's uh, journeys and, and other people's successes. Um, I'm not very comfortable talking about my own, but I, I am interested to, to listen to, you know, what made somebody uh, jump? What, what was the uh, push for them to get them to start their own business? Because a lot of people talk about it. Uh, very few actually do it. Well, and I would say often when you hear of the success stories of these businesses, or maybe there's a sale, or you you hear of some you know industry leader that that goes on stage and talks about you know their successes, what often is not part of the conversation is all the pain and challenges and lessons that have been purchased along the way because those are there's a reason not many. I mean, you've grown to a ten million dollar business. There's not many businesses in America, maybe the world, that have grown to be a ten million dollar business. That is, you're in a very rare air when you've achieved that. Yeah, well, you know, when you're uh, not sure how you're going to make payroll, um, you know, it's it's hard to go to bed, right? And uh, you know, I'm very fortunate uh, that my right hand woman, you know, Donna, who you're very familiar with, but you know. She takes care of that. And, you know, we, we've never missed payroll. We pay all our bills on time. Um, and so little things that, you know, help you sleep at night or help me sleep at night um, are things you have to do within your business. And, you know, it's uh, constantly evolving. I mean, you know, you, you think you got, think you got a whip, you think you're doing great. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, what, what just happened? Reset. Okay, here we go. And so uh, it's hard. It's exciting. It's uh, difficult. It's uh, challenging, uh, and it's rewarding. So you know, it's it's. There's a lot of things you go through, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I just want to make sure that we're taking care of our people, and that they, uh, you know, that they're proud to work at Texadia. Amen. What's your opinion of traction? And the EOS uh, philosophy, I know that there's more and more EOS, what are called implementers, kind of uh, uh, serving or attempting to serve uh, the resident commercial space. Uh, we are an EOS business. We adopted that philosophy or many of their philosophies a couple of years ago. Um, and I know you've read the book, Traction. Uh, uh, what, what's your opinion on that stuff? Well, it's, it's kind of a, a way to set internal goals and, and measure them. Right. And uh, it's kind of a, a hold yourself accountable book uh, for how you operate your business. And, um, you know, from me, uh, I am a biz dev sales uh, yes guy. Right. I am driving revenue. Absolutely. We can get it done. Um, and then I come back and they're like, you know, we're booked for six weeks. Are you nuts? And, uh, I'm like, well, figure it out. Um, and so, you know, what you learn as you grow a business is the importance of process. And yeah. if you want to scale a business, uh, you can't wing it. And because uh, you'll get exposed, uh, you won't, uh, you know, especially on a commercial job. Uh, yeah, we're, we're running behind. You're, we're the last guy in on a, on a project. Um, Okay. Yeah. We're, we're two weeks out. Well, I've, I've got you scheduled here. 
I don't have time in two weeks. Figure it out. So process uh, is really, you know, and even if you just take a, a, a couple things, right, from a kickoff meeting uh, to how you start a project to sharing information within the team uh, to uh, drawings to uh, the expectation of the deliverable, programming, um, client sign-off. What are you doing? How do you do it? And what is that client experience like? So, um, you know, for us, uh, I wish we were better at it. I wish uh, I could snap my fingers and we'd be perfect. Um, it's, it's just, it's constantly evolving for us. Got it. Now, that, that makes sense. Um, what are your, uh, this is a topic that I've been working on here in my business. And so it's of particular interest personally. And I'm at, I find myself asking a lot of the business owners and the success, you know, the more successful business owners, what they do in this regard, what is your cadence or methodology around meetings? Like what types of meetings do you have? And do you critique or challenge yourself to say, are these meetings really necessary? i.e. how do you have the only the right air quotes again amount of meetings that are high performance meetings they're yeah, productive I, uh, and effective without wasting time yeah uh, i it, it's one of the reasons i started my business uh i was so frustrated with the uh meetings that i would go to they, they, i was like what's the point what are we doing here uh one of my biggest pet peeves and uh is a vendor who comes in and, and wants 90 minutes of my time to tell me how a television operates. Um, I know what it does. I know how it works. What do I need to know about selling it? And, you know, you want to take up 90 minutes of seven people on my team's time. Okay, you want to pay me 10 grand for that time. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I said limits when I have vendors in, they come in for lunch um, and they buy us lunch. And, you know, so I'm killing two birds with one stone and I want to respect those guys because they are very important partners for us. Uh, but internally, um, I don't like uh, people that make uh, a 30 minute meeting last an hour. And so, um, you know, we have great meeting rooms in our Space. We built them out for our clients to see, um, but have a purpose, have a point. Um, going back to uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, you know, it's so much more enjoyable for the listener. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, you know, respect other people's time. That really is what uh, I see that uh, goes on with meetings. And you know, I, Ron, you can ask some of my sales guys. I when I hit my threshold with a vendor, I just leave, right? So that's how I let them know that uh, they're, they're over their time. So. What's an example, you can name them or not, but of a, a meeting or a vendor, uh, it could be the person or it could be the brand, maybe they've systematized it through their company, of someone that you think really does an amazing job of delivering the valuable information in the right amount of time, and they do that month in, month out, quarter in, quarter out. Anyone that resonates with you is really, you know, hitting triples or, or home runs with you and your team regularly? Well, uh, 
Not to throw anyone under the bus, but is there anyone that we could allot and say, man, I really like, I really value or appreciate the method of what they do? Or is is everyone on border of being no, okay? No, uh, I don't want to say any specific vendors, um, but there are groups that come in and, you know, uh, we don't need to see the PowerPoint, right? I know what a, a set of balance does. I know what a transmitter receiver does. I know what a switcher does. Let's talk about how it's going to add value to our clients and and get to know one, get to know each other and build relationships to where my salespeople know they can call you if they've got an issue or they've got a challenge with a design. Um, now, if it's a new technology, um, something we haven't seen, uh, which is highly unlikely, but you know maybe restaurants. Uh, coming out with a new product and a new launch, um, sure, we're going to take a look at it. We want to understand the value of the marketplace and do that. So, um, you know, uh, video conferencing cameras, yeah, 4K, pen, tilt, zoom. Um, where are we going to go after that, right? Um, right. So uh, it's just a matter of, of uh, you know, they've got a job to do. I understand that, but, um, you know. Be efficient. Be mindful. This is great listening tips. If there's any manufacturers or vendors, by the way, I know, I mean, I've been working with you and Donna for a number of years now, and I know if I'm going into a meeting, I better be prepared with what I'm there to, what point I'm there to make, and I'm going to deliver it. I'm going to field questions, and then we're going to part. And well, well, Ron, those are the best you know, meetings. It doesn't help that I'm, you know, off the charts ADD, and, you know, I, I lose interest right away, right, if it's not something that's interesting to me, so... You know, every time we get together and, you know, we kind of have a focus, we get to it and we achieve what we're trying to do. And, and you know, we've been doing a lot of work together um, yeah. and really looking forward to the result of it. So, no, a amen. I, I appreciate that. Um, how are you going to continue growing? What sort of technologies, whether that's verticals or technology solutions, have you, Steve Burke, really excited about the future? So, you know, to me, you know, we're, we're probably adding two of the Internet of Things. Um, you know, uh, just the impact of the network on the home and, uh, you know, the calls we get of the DIYers saying, you know, I can't get this to work. Um, you know, I'm trying to do this. My kids are playing Xbox. Um, I'm like, you know why don't you call Amazon tech support and get them to help you because that's where you bought the products. Right. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm a professional integrator. We build custom networks. Uh, we put our name behind them. Uh, we manage them. We manage the technology we put in, you know, that to me is, is just going to continue to grow. Right. As you look at uh, the control of lighting, led lighting, uh, shades, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, when does 8K transition happen? Um, it's insane uh, with all the legacy technology that's out there and you're trying to get it to work. Um, in regards to, you know, commercially with how we present our business, um, you know, it's, it's, it's about service and support. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, um, I've got a lot of structured cabling companies like electrical contractors that are bidding AV projects, they come in, they do them, and then they disappear um, because they don't know how to service and maintain. 
They're not interested in servicing and maintaining. They're interested in moving on to the next big project. Um, you know, my approach and, and our team's approach is to try to build long-term relationships, answer the phone, provide a high level of service, and uh, be a trusted partner. I mean, it's just, um, it's easy to say, it's way harder to do, um, but you know, the old adage is you get 80% of your business from 20% of your clients. That is a metric that I could go to pretty much any business and I guarantee it, it's accurate. Um, and so how do you focus on taking care of the people that you have gone out and built? So that's part one. Part two is I've hired a group out of Florida uh, to help me with my search engine optimization. Um, and we are rebuilding our website. Uh, we are rebuilding our presence on Google. Um, you know, uh, you may know them. Um, it's one firefly. Mm. But, uh, you know, I want Google to be the top salesperson at Texadia Systems. And I want you uh, to find Texadia if you are trying to build a new house, if you are looking at uh, upgrading your boardroom and you have uh, horrendous sound and you don't know about echo cancellation or acoustic treatments. Um, and so there's all these different avenues with how the world's evolving and changing, right? 2021, where will we be in 2023, 2025? Um, it's a combination of all these things. And you know, then having a, a, you know, a technical, uh, strong sales force that can come in and do a consultative needs analysis to our clients and solve their problems. Um, you know, that's the long answer to that, Ron. But um, you know, I'm excited about uh, you know uh, all these opportunities that come in, and I'll, I'll give you an example. We had one come in six weeks ago, and and I thought it was a service issue. I sent it to my service team. Uh, it was in a, a legacy Lutron system. Uh, you know, he sold nine thousand dollars, and then just sent him a quote for eighty-five to redo the whole thing, eighty-five grand. Um, and you know, he thought that it was just, uh, you know, a small system. So it, uh, you never know, you've got to keep pushing those buttons and, and going through all the different sales channels that are out there, um, and position your business, right? It's, it's marketing is incredibly important and you got to do it. You got to get it to the right audience at the right time. Looking at service. And the idea of, uh, I don't want to overly formalize it, but I'll say maintenance agreements or really it could be service philosophy from your company to your customers. And then the idea, if you put that into a contract or something formal that they agree to, maybe they pay something monthly. What have you learned from your experience, uh, your multi-decade experience running that in the commercial world? And are there practices that then have transitioned effectively to the residential world? that have made you better positioned to serve your customers? Well, you know, we're still old school in that we don't outsource our service, right? It's all internal. Um, you know, we've evaluated it. We'll continue to evaluate it. Um, I think it's a great idea on paper. Um, but, you know, we build relationships with people through our service department. And mm -hmm. um, I, I'm very hesitant to give up those relationships. 
Um, on the commercial side, uh, you know, it's it's one of those big challenges, right? AV is, uh, you know, well, you know, we had a client, we did a $400,000 project a year and a half ago, and the guy's like, I have no interest in video conference. Okay, um, well, we're going to run an extra Cat 6 just in case you change your mind. You know, and June, he's like, hey, can can we get video conferencing in? We're like, yeah, you're ready to roll. And we, we actually ran the cable. Um, but we have a service and maintenance contract with that person. So, um, you know, one, it, 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 some stickiness to the client. You know, if you really want to manage a service contract appropriately, uh, do your service visits, document your service visits, document the service calls, and showcase the value that you brought the client. Uh, we work for a large uh, commercial real estate company that has buildings all over the country. Um, they don't want to manage these conference rooms. Um, you know, they, they, they put them in and they're like, man, who's got it? And, and so nobody really wants to. And nobody has that expertise. Um, and so what we've done is help them standardize on equipment. Let's get the same products in every conference room uh, so that the end users know how to use it. And then let's come up with a service agreement with how we do it. So, um, you know, one of the things that we do at Texadia that is a huge differentiator for us is anytime somebody comes to your house, comes to your business, uh, talks to you, you're going to get a report uh, with pictures of what we did or what we're going to do or what challenges we ran into. And so um, it's one of our core values. It's communication. It's uh, one of the hardest things to effectively do uh, with people. Um, it's it, very hard, um, you know. And you look easy at, to say, hard to do. Gosh, you know, but you just look at a, a, an email, right? And somebody takes it, uh, you know, as a harsh tone and gets upset, and you're like, "Well, no, I didn't intend it that way." Um, and so, you know, you want to give everybody going back to giving everybody the chance to be successful, but. Uh, communicating those things with your client really ensures the success and ultimately uh, can help you build a long-term relationship. And, and you know, that's what we strive for. We're not a we're not a one and done. We're a, man. We want to we want to be with you till you know you sell or or um, you know you're no longer in the in business. Do you so to pull the thread on that, to be specific or granular, if you're willing to share, and I'll, I'll just take it residential than commercial. On residential, when you're, do all of your residential customers uh, get offered a service plan and do they sign up for something, some level of service? So, and if so, does it happen up front or at the end of the sale? Yeah, um, we're actually working through that. So okay. Um, my assumption, right, going back to when I make assumptions that all my salespeople have that in there and that they're positioning that within that. I found out that that wasn't the case. Uh, they were scared of it. Um, you know, didn't want to lose the deal. Um, didn't see the value. And so now it's, uh, you know, part of our proposal process that it's included. And you should have that discussion when you have the proposal with the client. Um, it's a very thin line to walk uh, to not give a client service, right? But, mm -hmm. um, you know, what I constantly try to tell people is, you know, you pay 
uh, $200 a month to have your pool clean. You pay $300 to have your lawn mowed. Um, is your internet uh, or your technology for your business important to you? It is. Help me help you because I hire great people to help service and maintain it. I train them. Uh, you know, we uh, constantly want to respond to their needs in a, in a uh, efficient manner. And I can't do that for free. Mm -hmm. And so um, if it's important to you, then, uh, you know, here's the opportunity and here's how you can do it. And what's amazing is, is a lot of people do get it. Right. You, you would think that a lot of people like we still get some no's and they call us and you're like, yeah, um, we can be there. And, and you know, right now uh, it's 10 days, <laughs> right, which is insane. But that's the labor market for us. Um, but if you have a service contract with us, we're probably going to pull a tech off and uh, get somebody over there. Um, and, and I'll probably pay that tech overtime. To make sure that I get that client taken care of, because you're, you're going to prioritize that client. Absolutely, they made a commitment to us that uh, they want to pay for that service, and, and, and I want to meet that expectation. I, I'm mindful of time, and I, so I just want to connect the dots. There is there anything different there as it relates to commercial, or is what you just described similar or analogous as to how you think about or manage the commercial side and service? No, the commercial side is much different in that uh, the businesses operate from eight to five. Um, and you know, there's nothing worse for a client, uh, who's watching, you know, the last episode of game of Thrones and the TV goes off and nine o'clock and, you know, do we need to do a Apple reboot remotely with overseas? Right. Um, so, you know, I would say it's easier on the commercial side and, and in that, you know, for the clients that are publicly traded that have to do earnings calls. Um, hey, can we come do a full systems test uh, the day before, please? Uh, right? And let's go through it. Make sure you're comfortable. Um, and if I need to have somebody on site for that call, just to make sure, uh, let's do that. Right? So it goes back to defining those expectations within uh, the client and whether they have the resources or they need us to help them. Makes sense. You mentioned the word labor. And uh, you and most of the folks listening are, uh, certainly if they're in, in the United States, are very busy right now, uh, particularly if they have a residential division. Residential right now has been popping, commercials ramping up. How are you guys uh, managing the concept of growth while you have a bandwidth restrictor in people? Yeah. Do you have an answer or at least a way that you're thinking about it? Because I know it's a lot of the conversations that I'm personally having with people. Well, uh, you know, you got to get outside the box, right? And you've got to look at uh, different uh, types of industries to bring in people. And so for our perspective, you know, when we bring somebody in, if you want to be a technician at Texadia, uh, it's really important that you have attention to detail. Right. And so if I were to go and apply to be a technician at Texadia, I would not get the job because that's not who I am or what I am. I'm a big picture guy and moving 100 miles an hour. Um, and so, you know, investing in training um, and you're going to you're going to swing and miss. Right. Um, that's really a, a, just a mantra for business. Uh, but you got to keep swinging. And so. 
you know, we've had a couple people in this week uh, from different industries uh, that are interested in making that transition. Um, and we're going to make them an offer and then we're going to train them and we're going to make an investment in them. Hmm. You know, are we going to be successful? I don't know. Um, but, you know, being in Texas, you know, we are fortunate that people are calling us as well saying, hey, I'm a, you know, Crestron programmer. Do you have any work for me? Yeah, we do. We'd love to talk to you. So, um, you know, Ron, maybe if I would have started another company back in, in 13, it might have been AV Recruiting. Yep. Um, you know, because I get calls from those people every day. But, um, you know, it's uh, it goes back to why you got to take care of your people, right? What yeah. I heard you tell me is you're pulling in people from outside of the industry. You're looking at the type of people that you want within the given skill set needed for the role in your company. And you and your team are going out and soliciting and, and in fact, looking at people that maybe don't have all the training to do the job, but they're the type of people you want doing the job. Well, I, I just hired a sales guy with uh, absolutely no AV experience, an electrical engineer from Texas A&M, uh, a smarter guy as you're going to find, uh, but uh, a guy who has been doing sales for 25 plus years, knows the process, knows how to meet people, and uh, I can teach him AV, right? Um, I, I don't have to teach him sales process. I don't have to teach him uh, how to take care of people and, and how to drive a sales cycle. So uh, is it a risk? Absolutely. Um, is it a chance I'm willing to take? I did. And I'm excited about it. And, and uh, I really feel like I'm going to be successful with it. Well, I think that's brilliant. And I, I don't hear enough of that, frankly. Our industry has an opportunity to step up and bring in outside talent and train them up, hire great people and bring them into our, our space. Yeah, that's and, what it's all about. That's that's definitely what we practice here at One Firefly, um, and it sounds like that's what you guys do as well, and that's maybe one of the many reasons you guys are so successful. Steve, uh, it's been an hour, my friend. Uh, for those that are listening or watching and they want to learn more uh, from you and or Texadia, what would be the best ways for them to reach you or to get in contact? Burke at TexadiaSystems.com. Uh, or www.texadiasystems.com. We've got a great form you can fill out and uh, comes right to me and somebody will call you within an hour, I can assure you. So uh, thank you very much for having me on. It's great talking business with you and, and uh, just fun to, be, fun to be with you. So thank you. Steve, you are welcome, my friend. Thank you for coming on the show and uh, we'll definitely be talking to you soon. All right, man. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Automation Unplugged. For a full transcript of this show and all previous shows, head over to our website at onefirefly.com forward slash AU. There you'll find links to all transcripts, show notes, Facebook Live recordings, and resources mentioned during the show. If you enjoyed this episode and like to hear more, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please follow us on social media. We are at One Firefly LLC on all platforms. 
Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Automation Unplugged as we dive deeper into technology trends and the fascinating people that make up the custom integration industry. Bye for now.